0: excited for uh to share this uh discussion with our guests today on the dojo podcast we have the rachel stewart um she is the author of unqualified success and um so i reached out to her um i, I was surprised to find out recently i was one of the first people that reviewed her book so um, that's uh pretty awesome Because I honestly, I read this book, I shared it with my wife, and she listened to it on um, audiobook, and both of us really grabbed a lot of great insights from it. It's been one of the best books, not just from our industry, but just in general, that talks about personal, professional development. It moves, um, it reads really well. Uh, She shares some great personal stories, as well as um, quotes and examples from... You know, figures that you'd recognize, and there's a thread through the book of a character that's, um, um, it just the story evolves with this character, and it's just a really cool way to have told the story. And there's a big reveal at the end that I don't want to spoil. So, um, well, well written book, um, awesome content, but she talks about so the subtitle is. Bridging the gap between where you are now and where you want to be to achieve massive success. So there's a quote um, that we shouldn't think of ourselves more highly than we ought, right? We're all kind of, I think for the most part, understand the concept of not being, um, you know, uh, incorrectly prideful or unfounded sense of pride. Um, And the the, the term narcissism gets kicked around a lot, right? So I looked it up right? It's pretty easy to look up nowadays, but narcissism is a noun. It's excessive interest in or an admiration of oneself and one's physical appearance. So that's not super descriptive, but in psychology, selfishness involving a sense of entitlement, a lack of empathy, and a need for admiration as characterizing a personality type. So <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, so not funny. Um, just revealing narcissistic personality disorder. You know, people throw that around a lot. Um, a Disorder, which a person has an inflated self sense of self importance. Narcissistic personality disorder is found more commonly in men. The cause is unknown, but likely involves a combination of genetic and environmental factors. Symptoms include an excessive need for admiration, disregard for others' feelings, an inability to handle any criticism. And a sense of entitlement. (laughs) Uh, So it's pretty popular to throw that tag on somebody else, you know, but, uh, you know, maybe, especially if it's a found more commonly in men, maybe us men need to take a little bit of inventory, you know, are you having an excessive need for admiration, disregard for others' feelings, an inability to handle any criticism and an instance and a sense of entitlement. (laughs) Um... So that's the one extreme, right, where you're you're trying not to have an improper sense of pride, an unfounded sense of pride, or being narcissistic. But the flip side of that is if if you're not supposed to think of yourself too highly than you ought, the flip side is you're also not supposed to think of yourself too lowly than you ought. Um, And I remember speaking about this with a group of people just sharing like, You know, it's it's a right assessment, right? You want to be honest with yourself, see your potential, and I think part of narcissism is is like over-evaluating your potential rather than your accomplishments, right? Or or your attempts to make progress. And so that proper assessment of oneself, your opportunities, and your willingness to take on risk. We talk about this, one of my mentors, Denise. Um, talks about this on episode 15 of the Diojo podcast, no risk, no reward. But that, you know, being willing to say I am unqualified, but I have relevant experience. I believe I can learn. You know, if you teach me, give me a chance, I will succeed. And um, so that goes, like I said, Rachel's, so her bio here, I've done a poor job, I realized of kind of you know, talking about our guest bio. So I'm gonna to try to do better at that. But so she, as she talks about in the book, went from the office manager to now the executive vice president of Titan Restoration based in Arizona, um, a growing organization that's uh, it's a lot of fun to see, you know, what her and their team are doing, uh, you know, on LinkedIn and those kinds of things. She wrote the book, which was released in 2019 Uh, and if that's not enough, we discovered on episode nine of the Dojo podcast with Mark Watley, that she's also the editor, uh, in chief for, um, actionable insights. So, which is, uh, a great resource for everybody in our industry, you know, tons of information on Xactimate, Matterport certification, and those kinds of things. Um, they're on the cutting edge of a lot of that. And she's also, if she's not busy enough doing that, also being a mom, um, Uh, you know, editing, writing, um, and she mentions, you know, she's working on another book, but she's also the founder and CEO of Accelerate Restoration Software, so, you you know, and everybody knows if uh, you just have, um, if you're already busy, the best thing to do is try to develop a new software, right? So, it's out, it's running, Um, we're going to talk about this in this episode, so hope you enjoy this as much as I did, the Yojo Podcast with Rachel Stewart. Hey, all right. Uh, well, we're here with um, Rachel Stewart from Titan Restoration and Accelerate Restoration um, Software. And you're down in Arizona. I'm imagining it's probably pretty warm down there.
1: We have had a really great spring, but it's gotten hot pretty fast. So yeah, over, you know, low hundreds.
0: Oh geez. We had a heat wave. It was, you know, 85 and all of us are dying. And then now we've got rain, you know, the beginning of the week. So, <laughs> um, so I, w- I wanted to talk, I, I know we've talked previously and, and you talk at great length about um, kind of your introduction into the industry and in your book. I've got it up on the shelf, the unqualified success. Um, so I will, I guess Maybe we'll fast forward a little bit, but uh, you went from you know uh, being a mom to being an office manager for Titan Restoration, and then <laughs> your career accelerated rapidly as they saw you know the diamond in the rough that they had. You had knowledge, um, and I, I think that's awesome. You know, uh, relevant experience that you can turn our industry is not difficult, right? You can learn all the components of it. So. Um, how did you go from that process from office manager to general manager? And then now, um, uh, I was trying to think of something funny. Your title is, uh, you know, grandmaster or, <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, okay. So I would say like the, the, the catalyst behind all of that was just my desire to keep growing and being hungry for knowledge. And so, um, like, what I was actually qualified to do <laughs> was probably not even what I was hired to do. Um, so, but I just had this hunger where I just wasn't going to stop learning. And pretty much, we, we're so lucky. We live in a world where knowledge and access to information is, like, right at our fingertips, literally, And you know, you can just about Google anything. Yeah so i was just just committed to really you know studying everything so at first it was just learning how to do accounting and um managing the books and learning how you know the pnl and the balance sheet work together and, and what that the impact different things have on your business and kind of just grew from there and as 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 the company grew um you know, there were just different opportunities that I was able to kind of put myself in a great position to to take, so. Well, I, that's,
0: I'm it. well and that's kind of, I guess, a question we'll have at the end is talking about Accelerate, but um, you talk about in the book and when we talked previously, um, the company didn't necessarily understand its financials, um, those kinds of things. It was a good, it was a running company, but didn't necessarily have that nailed down and even, not coming into the industry necessarily with experience had you had prior like accounting or office management experience
1: well i, I mean i really came totally unqualified yeah. for the position uh so it was even even learning the basics of, of accounting which you know i mean there there are a lot of complex accounting don't get me wrong but i don't think our industry is one of them yeah um, so i think if you have a solid understanding of Cash flow, you have an understanding of a P and L and a balance sheet and job costing and all that kind of stuff. You can do, do really well. Um, and so I just gained that experience on the job, like learned, you know, how even just all of the insurance process, how all of that worked and got some processes in place and, and kind of went from there. So,
0: yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, and, and like I said, we'll get into the accelerate, but uh, you know, that's, I think the number one for anyone getting into business is maybe you know the skills of your industry and you maybe know intuitively how to build a business, but getting into the numbers is uh, what takes you to those next levels or can really kind of hurt you if if you don't have a firm understanding of what's going on in the nuts and bolts of the business, right? so
1: yeah uh, for sure and i feel so lucky that that's kind of where i started because yeah. i just you know got immersed in it and then i had a, a really good foundation as, as i moved more into operations so i was really lucky that way
0: yeah i think i think you can do you know there's extremes if you're only money or only production you know those those extremes can hurt you need to be able to meld them together and that's that's uh you know you came in on the financial side and then the so the um, you went rather quickly from office manager kind of to general manager, right? You talk about in the book, um, he was really entertaining. The owner was entertaining um, selling and/or merging and kind of wanting to get out. and you identified, man, there's really an opportunity if we stay independent to grow this puppy. And uh, as they were interviewing and you guys were working with a consultant, um, you know kind of everybody was like, well, you're the person that we're looking for. Um, how do you do you remember that moment and kind of how that transpired?
1: I think was a great situation for the owner. Um, and so I all I was doing was going to bat for him and saying, Hey, if you want to get out of managing the day to day, that's totally fine. Let's just go recruit and hire somebody really great. And i uh, just Kept kind of pushing him that direction and I said I'll do all the work for it you know me and the consultant will work together and uh, we'll, we'll get somebody great here in here that can kind of run this thing you can step out but still man still have ownership and and kind of control this thing and anyway so then a couple of weeks later they came back and offered me the position which <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting I, I hadn't even I, I I was like you do know I have no management experience right. Where, like where i came from but nobody will be as passionate nobody will work as hard nobody will stop learning if you'll invest in me i'll invest here and right. it ended up being a great great combination for us so
0: yeah that's i mean i feel fortunate you know i had a manager that did the same that said you know i was pretty resistant to getting into management i was like why would i want to do that and <laughs> um but but that's i think I, I think of how many companies have those diamonds in the rough that they're You know if you're not getting to know your people and giving people opportunities to advance you're going to miss you know those key opportunities so i think that's a really cool story i know you you know you and i know you know that i know you
1: i think for the people that are in there you know i think if i had waited for for somebody to find me so to speak or whatever then then i would have been waiting forever but i think taking those opportunities, like in a lot of ways, I had already assumed a lot of the responsibilities of that role right? without necessarily waiting for a title. And, and I know that that can kind of be tricky depending upon your owner, but um, you know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to get in and make a difference and yeah. instead of waiting for a job title or something.
0: Yeah, well in that, um, yeah, I think that's so, finding that balance right of, of, and you talk a lot about that in the book of, you know, um, you know, making opportunities for yourself. I know (laughs) most of my opportunities, you have to, you kind of have to put it out there, right. And say, this is something I want. And I know I've counseled people over the years is you may not think you want it, but, um, one of the biggest thing is, do you want somebody else to come in and take over that role? You know, and now it's time for a not so subtle ad break okay so i'm excited as we're talking about unqualified success with rachel stewart and her career trajectory what stands out is just that that growth mindset right being able to say uh, much like we talked about with Denis on um you know episode 15 that no risk no reward i can do this i can learn this um and so one of the keys, whether you're um, just starting out your career and you want to take the next steps, you're a manager maybe who has to help other people develop their skills, or you're an owner trying to cultivate that kind of growth-minded culture where people are taking ownership and, and want to see opportunities, We've uh, I'm, I'm working on a, re, uh, a collaboration of content uh, related to Xactimate. It's one of the keys to the kingdom in Insurance Restoration. That's the working title of the book, The Keys to the Insurance Restoration Kingdom. But it's about mindset and habits that lead to success, particularly around estimating. So even if you don't use Xactimate, it it will be helpful. But, uh, you know, commandment number one. So you may know in 2018, I released an article with Restoration and Remediation magazine called The Ten Commandments of Xactimate Estimating Success. And commandment one was thou shalt sketch accurately and uh i'm not even talking about the level two and level three certification stuff where you're doing spiral staircases and complex roofs i'm just talking about the basics it's amazing how many estimates out there don't have the basics down so you know we talk about technology i forever have used you know a graph paper sketch pad I've uh, updated to an iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil, still on graph paper. But, um, you know, episode five, Andy McCabe talks about the Matterport camera and other technologies for 3D scanning. Mark Watley from episode nine, you know, they've got Matterport training and other ways to advance your X Actimate skills. Um, You know, and I know Water Damage Daily, they've talked about using that in their mainline business. And so, um, you know, the tools are out there. Hopefully, this. Podcast is a resource for you growing yourself in your career, but also please keep an eye out for the Keys to the Insurance Restoration Kingdom, working title, book by John Isaacson, resource from the Dojo. Thank you for listening. Let's get back to our conversation. In looking back on it now, had they hired somebody else, do you think that you would have? Um, I'm, I'm sure you would have made it work, but that would have been a whole different transaction
1: yeah i i mean i think i still would have loved it you know i still you know was loving what i was doing i was learning a lot learning about the industry i mean i know we would have probably worked hand in hand in some capacity eventually probably been on an executive team Um, but i didn't have a have a problem reporting to someone i just um you know i just wanted this to grow and i wanted it to be more and and i didn't you know, I didn't think the merge with the other company because they, they are a great company. They're one of our great competitors and everything like that. I just, you know, the ownership structure and the way that it was going to go down. I just didn't think it was yeah. really good. So, anyway.
0: Good intuition that it wasn't the right fit. Um, so I, I was thinking as, as I was preparing the questions and whatnot. Um, so you started. You got into property restoration as the last economic downturn, the recession in oh eight, oh nine. Um have you is that something that you've thought about or reflected on? I know I'm I'm sure you have. We we've thought about my wife and I have thought about that a lot. So um is there any nuggets that uh, have come out of thinking through that that relates to then and now and how, how you guys are conducting business?
1: Yeah, so um again the the two thousand eight um crisis was a personal crisis for our family or whatever that then it led it led me to go back in to employment. So I think just in general, like, and that's been one of the best things in my life, like having this opportunity and growing and all of the things that have come out of it, like that would have never happened without that crisis. So I think that's the first one is just that a lot of times when we're in something that's really difficult and it feels um, really heavy and really bad. Um, but what it like the change that it forces in you know you to take and some of the the steps that take that you end up having to go down in the road that you end up um, can actually be you know one of the biggest blessings in your life um, when you look back on it so i think I do think that that crisis can lead to opportunity so I would say that first first um, secondly, you know one of the things that we did in the two thousand and eight um is that we were really careful about cash, um, and I think everybody's kind of talking about that. Um, but um, we've always kind of run the operations to, you know, be be slim, be efficient, manage overhead, all of those kind of things. And so, um, you know, we we never really kind of got into leveraging for our equipment or the next thing. We, we're also all careful about like growing at, you know, with the cash that. Um, was generated from the business. So being really careful about not leveraging, over leveraging. Um, And and, um, then the other thing is we got really careful about collections. So uh, if you're not on top of your AR, now's the time to really get on top of your AR, because that's one of the things that we saw. So yeah, yeah, insurance kept and all that kind of stuff but if those checks went to the homeowner and they were in a tight situation and stuff like that trying to get that money later so being really strict about your your policy there you know and working with the insurance company to figure out what their policy is um, about getting work offers like anything with a two-party check um, following that money all the way so you know, and and all it takes sometimes is really great communication with the homeowner. So they know what to expect and you know when that check is getting there and you're saying, okay, a check's coming tomorrow, somebody will be by to pick it up, all of those kind of things. So uh, you're you're not sitting there waiting because if you're waiting three weeks and then try to go follow up, it can be a difficult situation depending upon, you know, the situation that, that they're in. And so trying to be know understanding and compassion about that but also where your money is um so that was one thing the another thing is that we found really great talent in fact like one of our superstars um and i'm not you know we we grabbed them at uh this time you know this time in 2008 you know when people were getting laid off and you know he was in commercial construction um, and they had just laid off a bunch of people and, and he was pretty high up there, you know, and, and had a lot of knowledge, a lot of education and, and uh, a lot of experience and we were able to, you know, pick him up and at the time we were a small company. I mean, that's a, that's talent we would have never been able to attract right. at another time. So uh, I, I think again, there's opportunity and, and so look at your talent pool and who you can who you can grab. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that seems to be a lot of the conversations we're having and, you know, with a lot of people is it's both, you know, on a personal level and people with families and those kinds of things. I can remember in 2008, like, it was devastating. We had our own company, so it just... It went from things were going on a great clip to just dead, and so um, you know it was one of the hardest times you know personally and professionally, but also some of our best memories you know as a family and like you said, if when you persevere, um, you know it prepares you for next and and as companies, you know that's uh you know thinking through exactly like you're talking about, having cash flow and being what it means to be healthy you know is uh, critical so yeah.
1: and and I would also say like emergencies that are like th- tragedies that feel like the end of the world like you know I mean I'm sure at that time that was devastating to lose your business to do all that kind of stuff and and then if you can fast forward and look where you are now you're like okay I landed okay you know like it wasn't the end of the world I ended up in a, a good position I'm doing great things I'm still in the industry all of those kind of things like yeah. sometimes you know it's not necessarily what we want or the ideal but it, it still turns out okay.
0: Yeah. I I believe it's Mother Teresa, she has the quote um I know God won't give me anything that I can't handle. I just wish he didn't trust me with so much. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know and that was it was cool, you know, we had friends and family and things that rallied around us and and uh, definitely lessons learned. It makes you grateful, you know, once I um I got employed you know about a year later with Belfour and it makes you a lot more grateful for you know your opportunities and those kinds of things so and I'm sure oh, that's yeah, part of sure. part of the the superstar you're talking about you know it's devastating to lose a career and then to get a new opportunity and it, you know it puts things in perspective you know when people give you an, an opportunity so yeah um so unqualified success um best-selling author I, 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 uh, my heart goes out to you. You said you had one of the, um, big events that you were really looking forward to, um, presenting at, And I'm, i apologize. I don't remember the name of the, um, event, but, uh, um, so unqualified success. And I know I've heard you on other podcasts and those kinds of things. What, I guess is a multi-part question. What kind of was the impetus to get it written in that process? And then, you know, um, what have you seen from that? Such as, um, you know the opportunity to speak in an event that you were really looking forward to that unfortunately got canceled due to COVID did it get rescheduled or do you know yet
1: you know, it's just been on hold right now I mean I hope that that I mean I I, I don't imagine that the that he's done doing these events and so Perfect. I imagine there'll be another event and I'm hoping that I'll get invited back to speak but um actually the book was kind of came out of that um, so I've been going to Vern Harnish's scaling up conferences, you know, for six or seven years now. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Since the end of 2015, I think was my first event and they do, um, uh, twice a year anyway. So, you know, I've just been at, I mean, I've heard so many incredible speakers at this event. And so for the, for your listeners who don't know who Vern Harnish is, he, he's, um, he's The author of scaling up and you know he just works with a lot of businesses the gazelle's coach i mean they're all vern harnish kind of group and yeah um anyway so we had started scaling up in the company and you know we had hired ourselves a gazelle's coach and then we start going to these events as as kind of a a product of that and uh, so you know I was at the fall event and I was sitting there and I was like well, I would love to be on this yeah. this stage one day you know and I'm like well, okay what would I have to do to be able to do that and everybody that he invites are are authors you know so I'm like okay well probably one of the first things I need to do is write a book and Um, Anyway, that's kind (laughs) of how it went from there. I mean, I felt like I had, I'd been writing a lot on LinkedIn. I've been doing some things. And so um, I felt like I had kind of something that I wanted to say. Um, We were getting ready to, I was, we were kind of dabbling with the idea of launching this job management software. And so I wanted to increase my visibility in the industry. So all of those kind of things kind of collided. And then you know, I was just running into so many people in my life that were like, oh, I can't do A, B, and C um, because I haven't been trained or because I haven't done this or whatever. And they they were letting all of these excuses get in the way of accomplishing their dreams. And anyway, so all of those reasons combined are kind of what um, was the catalyst for, for me writing the book. I made that goal in October. I said I wanted to have it out in spring, so I gave myself a six-month deadline um and uh anyway so then um the book came out in april and i was supposed to be speaking at the may like uh, a year after the book launch Um, is so it took a little bit of work or whatever um like getting some speaking opportunities doing a lot of podcasts getting some name recognition, all of these kind of things i kept building up my resume so that i would be able to say hey like yeah i love on the stage so Anyway, it happened and then it didn't. So <laughs> thanks, COVID. Yeah,
0: thanks, thanks, coronavirus. So, I, I, yeah, I'm sure you'll be back. So, I, you know, on a much smaller scale, I had a, a local event that I was going to do the closing keynote for, and it just, they just announced that it got um, canceled as well. So, um, but the, the the theme would you say kind of i mean the one of the opening lines in the book is um if you want to get good at anything you have to be willing to suck for a period of time right understand and embrace that i'm not going to be necessarily the best at this but uh, i'm going to figure it out um and i I think that's for if you're thinking about a growth mindset right it's like the fear of failure is far more damaging to your development than actual failure because if you fail you can actually learn from it and progress. Whereas, if you just are captured by fear of failure, you'll you won't progress. You have no opportunity to to develop and grow. Um,
1: yeah, for sure. And I'm always pushing my people to 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 try the new thing to you know, to stretch themselves to grow. And you know, sometimes like the biggest thing that's holding us back are our own it's our own self-talk it's our own uh self-limiting beliefs you know it's what's going on in our head yep. and a lot of times we, we think that oh if we just had this or if we just did this that then, yep. then we'd feel more comfortable or we'd feel more qualified or we'd feel ready and i i think that day really never comes <laughs> like yep some point you just have to jump in and get started and so the sooner you start then like you said the more valuable input that you have like if you if you run it like a science experiment um, you know you're just looking for data and um, anyway so I, I do think that a lot of it is just getting going just moving just moving in the direction
0: and now it's time for a not so subtle ad break are you familiar with our podcast within the podcast? Yeah, that's right. I'm talking about Pro versus Joe podcast, which is the podcast within the Dojo podcast. Thirty-seven minutes. Engage, engage. So, th- the idea here is we take a Joe, somebody who Brian Close with All American Real Estate Services out of Tacoma, Washington. Familiar with construction, very versed in property management and other complex systems and, you know, organizations, but pivoting their business into property restoration. Insurance world, right? non program work thus far. Praise the Lord! And um, and then myself, the quote-unquote pro. I know, crappy choice, but, uh, you know, you got to roll with who you got. On location podcast. Pro Joe. And, um... So we talk about the industry from two dis- two different perspectives. So it's really cool to hear Brian coming into the industry, fresh set of eyes, learning about the nuances of um, restoration, mitigation, and repairs. They're mostly focusing on repairs as they work with a lot of mitigation contractors. And then um, you know I get to share tidbits and information from things that I've learned over the years. pros versus joe and i believe it's a good conversation i think if you're just starting out in the industry if you're thinking about pivoting to the industry as well if you're a manager trying to train and inspire your team it'll give you ideas and concepts that you can relay sometimes those things we take for granted as quote-unquote pros right so please take a peek at pro versus joe podcast the podcast within the podcast and you can check that out as well on the DOJO podcast.com dot com. Yeah, well, and I uh, my wife wanted to jump on before we got started, but she had to take a call. But uh, you're, you're, uh, for both of us, um, your book has been I, I think it's one of the best, not just in our industry, but on the topic of, you know, very practical, very down to earth. I love how you thread the one story through the whole book and then reveal that's something personal to your family. Um, so, um, you know, it's very, you've got a lot of the elements, you know, as far as like motivation, those kinds of things, but it's also extremely practical. So um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, are, are, are you, are you planning on a, a number two?
1: You know, I have some thoughts for it, you know, like the, the, the whole unquote. Qualified. I, I could definitely see a series of, yeah, you know. So you have unqualified success. You could have unqualified teams, and yeah, you know, yeah, all of these different different um, aspects. And you know, so a lot of my career has been building teams, and so I, I would yeah. think that that'd probably be the next next one I would write. But
0: well, that's difficult for leaders, right? Sometimes you know you feel like you've built and and you've been able to push yourself, but it's different motivating different people you know, that uh, can complement your team and those kinds of things. It's sometimes it's hard to, diff- it's hard to identify the strengths and weaknesses in other people to allow them to to flourish, you know? So yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, I guess I wanted to ask uh, in, in relationship, the book is, is personal and professional development. And like you said, building teams. So can you think of like, what is, like the best one simple thing that someone could start on as far as their personal professional development that they could do today that would kickstart. And then um, on the, the flip side of that, you know, what do you think are some of the worst or most common things that people do that kind of hold them back?
1: So I would say the number one thing you can do is be curious and be, um, be like hungry to keep learning um to keep like stretching yourself and 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 ask the questions right okay what do i need to do next or you know a lot of a lot of my growth was just a product of me going okay where do i want to be in five years and what would i need to do now to develop those attributes you know yeah. and so you know writing the book was kind of like that okay if i'm going to be the leader of, of this. Uh, great company that I want to be leading. And if I want to have done all these things, if I want to be speaking on stages across the world, if I want to be doing those things, what do I have to do today to start to prepare for that later? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, so so much of our time can get bogged down in the weeds of the day-to-day problems. And if you let them, you'll be spinning your wheels in that mud all the time. And so you really have to kind of get yourself out of that and go, okay, where do I need, it? and look ahead at the future, not just for your business, where do you want your business to go, but where do you want to be, and what kind of leader do you want to be? So, um, I, would, I would say that is what you should start doing. Um, what you should stop doing is probably procrastinating, waiting. Um, I would also say, like, a lot of times we have the the, the mindset that there's uh, a scarcity scarcity out there i'd get rid of the scarcity mindset and kind of adopt an abundance mindset like when you get away from think, like that fear of like having to control and having to manage and you can't share because um there's only so much to go around if you can kind of shift to an abundance mindset where there's plenty to go around and there's plenty especially in this environment where it may feel differently um, like there's so much that i've learned just in the relationships that i have been able to develop over the years because i've been willing to share and and i really learned that from um the owner of titan russ palmer and he was always like he was always great at relationships and he was always even in our marketplace sharing his ideas with competitors being generous with um equipment or like how we could help each other build and stuff, and so, as a result, he had so many great relationships in the industry, and that's where I learned so much is people yeah. mentoring me and just you know when I would be um, at a conference or or whatnot, just being able to ask a million questions, okay, I'm dealing with this problem. How do you guys approach that, and all that kind of stuff. So again, staying curious, but then also realizing on the back end is that being generous with what you've learned, what you know, you know, how you've gotten to where you have. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think that there's probably a secret um, at Titan that I wouldn't share um, with, with Russ's blessing. Um, just because I know that it's not so much like none of us have a magic sauce or a magic secret. It's all about the execution. right? And so being consistent in the executing. I mean, we all know what we're supposed to do to grow our business. We all know what we need to be doing to expand yeah. our Or um, solve the problems you know improve culture like we all have the answers it's a matter of how do we execute it you know so that
0: would be great okay when we talked previously i was saying you know I've, i've been wanting to write a book but i'm trying to find you know something new or some new way to approach it and you're like you know i think i remember you saying you know there's not really a new it's just your take on it right you know your experiences combined with that and then whether or not you're going to be brave enough to do something about it, so I think that's yeah, being curious, being generous.
1: Yeah, into a podcast the other day that went right along with that. Like, so this person was talking about innovation. Uh, it was a TED talk, and I wish I could could tell you who that was. I feel feel bad. Maybe I'll send it to you. And you can link it to the yeah. podcast. But um, anyway, it was a TED talk, and he was talking about that there are actually no real good idea like a lot of in inju- um like if in the ingenious creations come out of recycled old ideas or bad ideas <laughs> yeah. so then they're talking about like all of these artists and all of these uh like musicians and stuff and how they're just remix of old yeah. old songs from somebody else or bad songs that never went anywhere and, and they yeah. just get a, n- a new spin on things and so um, I I do think that yes, there's some stuff that's like truly innovative, but I do think that there's a lot of stuff like if you just recycle and repurpose. So, right, like an example I have is, you know, Spanx. You know, that whole line. <laughs> and the yeah. only reason I say that is because I talk about Sarah Blakely a lot in my book. But you know, she, all she did was take pantyhose and like repurpose them yep. into yep. you know undergarments for women. And anyway, I'm on a podcast for. Uh, a bunch of construction males, <laughs> and they're like, What are you talking about? Here?
0: Well, I'm wearing my spanks, so
1: right. well <laughs> so, I mean, that was just something that was already there that was repurposed and yeah. and you know, changed. And I'm not, yeah, anyway. So,
0: well, I wouldn't be dollars. you got like Lululemon and stuff like that, they're making wear for men and workout wear <laughs> or whatever. So, um, well, you yeah. know, so, um and so finally i wanted to talk about um the accelerate restoration software um i've been peeking at it some and um we've got a few contractors that we work with that um you know obviously are updating their systems and and getting into it i think when we were talking offline you know you were talking about more of the analytics and the data and we talked about that um just previously i mean a lot of contractors start out right your um I can think of a drywaller we work with. So, you know, you're making 20 bucks an hour working for this guy. And if you can make 25 to 30 bucks an hour working for yourself, all of a sudden you have a business, right? And you're making it, but not everybody thinks about insurance and taxes and knowing their actual, you know, cost of goods sold and doing business. So, um, how, where did you all come up with the idea that you wanted to imagine you're you had a great testing ground using it there at Titan. So, how has um, Accelerate been developed, and, and what um, what's kind of unique about the platform?
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, I want to be careful about this a little bit because there are some great in- people in the industry that maybe work for some of these competitors. But sure. where we really, where really. Um, kind of came the birth of it was out of frustration really about the options available to contractors and so we had been on just about every job management platform there was um over the years um we were on client runner when that was well we were on psa previously then we were on client runner when that got adopted by next gear or purchased by next gear um so then in that process we had moved over to next gear and Anyway, um, we're on Dash for a while, so we we had pretty we had um, exhausted a lot of the the options out there, and there were things that we loved about each system, but there were a lot of frustrations. And one of the biggest frustrations was just the ease of use yeah. for um, people in the field and an, an adoption um, by our technicians in the field. And I think that that's kind of where it starts. Like your your information only so powerful, yeah. and the program only as good as the information that gets in it and if it's too cumbersome and too hard to use and if it's not easy so that was one of the things that the other from a management level um from a high level i was just tired of the lack of data and the lack of analytics to run our business and as we we're scaling and as we we're trying to compete and especially like right now where there's so much private equity money coming into the market and um, you know things are consolidating and stuff like that like the our industry is going to be changing and you know on the other side you know who we're doing work with and for the insurance carriers and all of those kind of stuff they they are highly involved in their their analytics mm-hmm. and what that means and, and how, how how they can stay profitable and still continue to grow uh, despite the increase of cats and all of those kind of things their their whole business is based on analytics and they're investing a lot of money in insure tech yep. and on the other side i'm like we're you platforms that were built in 2008 you know yep. like and i can't even get photos out of this job management system in any timely way that is like actually labeled the way that we put them into the system like how am i going to be competing against anyway so
0: or the techs are waiting for it to load to load to load
1: so it slows them down i was just like you know we live in a world where i can order something off of amazon and i can have it at my doorstep that night um you know and i'm like there's something wrong the technology is out there but we are not utilizing it and it's not done in a way that benefits contractors yeah and so so just after you know, seeing what it was what was out there and what we thought we needed to be able to scale our business and be able to compete, um, that's kind of where it was born. It was just kind of out of necessity. I don't think um, any of uh, the partners that were kind of went in on it were like, "Hey, I, I want to uh, grow up and own a software company." But we saw a big need, yeah. and we thought we understood problem well we thought we understood the industry well we thought we understood the contractor really well we could we could do something really amazing so that's kind of how it was um and you know what the things that we're most excited about are just the the ease of use and then the really good management tools that it gives like um even smaller companies you know, when you're trying to grow and scale, eventually you're gonna to have to be getting out of the weeds and, and kind of putting that on some of your management, but how do you keep an eye on it without feeling like it's all gonna fall apart? And that was one thing, I, I didn't think that there was a really great way that you could see, give visibility on all of the jobs, all of the projects, all of the notes, all of that. Anyway, yeah. so.
0: That- yeah, that's, yeah, so so many of them have compatibility issues and and then like you said, if you build it from the ground up to where the text can that is where the information comes from so if you can eliminate that duplication of the text put it in and then a superintendent or project manager touches it and then somebody else has to touch it and you know you're just gonna the gain so does your program integrate 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 with exactimate and um, like contractor connection and those kinds of things
1: yeah, so um, we're working with ExactMent right now to get an integration in ExactWare, you know. So um, I think they wanted to make sure that we had some major users that were on it that were um, like partnered companies with them. And I, I think we have enough big names now that they're willing to do that, you know. Obviously right. that's always key, uh, so we'll, we'll big, see how that goes.
0: Big piece of the in, in, in the works, so. Well, great. Um, Okay, so we got uh, the unqualified success Titan Restoration Accelerate Restoration Software. Um, yeah, I see you mentioned you know you all wanted to develop a software, so you know it's not like you had anything else to do, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> but the big—I uh, would imagine—the big benefit you guys have been able to test the beta on your own company, right? As you develop the software and
1: and uh, it's, like I said, it's been a perfect. Uh, combination because we really understand the, the problems and yeah. and I think uh, across the board it doesn't matter you know I know franchises deal with some different problems than independence or vice versa but at the core the job is the same and like the difference is kind of the reporting and the analytics that you can get out of it and and sure. really what we wanted to do was synthesize information so yeah I, you know we could have death by numbers but how do you use it and yeah. You know, for a lot of people that are, grew up in the industry and don't have kind of a financial background or whatever, like sometimes what they need is it synthesized in a way that's very actionable. Like, yeah. hey, if I take this step, this is going to improve my bottom line because, or this is going to improve my efficiencies. You know, like just finding correlations that they can and and kind of giving it to them in a in a very easy digestible way is kind of what our mission was, and yeah, and so that's been super fun and super exciting and like we're excited about where that's going because we think that that's that's going to be a game changer yeah
0: yeah well that's awesome yeah i'm looking forward to looking at it more and then um you know especially if some of the companies we're working with decide to utilize that it'll be it'll be fun to see how that helps them so technology is great when it uh, helps and when it's cumbersome it uh, really makes life miserable so <laughs> um like you said yeah, we, we yeah. Kind of, so many iterations of different programs and you know so each like you said each one of them has their their pros and and definitely a their list of cons so (laughs) um well i i i know you've got another um appointment coming up and thank you so much for joining us any other closing thoughts or encouragement for our vast audience
1: Yeah, I just uh, think that, you know, all of this was based off of uh, not really knowing or having the answers or not knowing what what I was doing, basically. Um, But having confidence that I could figure it out and that I could surround myself with people who had already been there and were really talented. And and, um, so I would just encourage, like, if there's something that you're wanting, um, but you've been sitting on it because you're afraid or you, you don't know if, uh, you know, what are all of the fear things that maybe come up to just go ahead and, and take the first step and get moving towards it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The first step often is the hardest, right? So, um, well, thank you, Rachel, for, um, joining us and we'll put a bow on it. That's a wrap. Um, Man, I again, I thank you to Rachel Stewart uh, for um, coming on the Diojo podcast and sharing her insights. Um, I can honestly say, I mean, I'm gushing about the book, but I can honestly say you can actually see my notes in the book. Um, as I was reading the book, it was crystallizing in my mind some of the things that I needed to be more intentional about um you know with the dojo and so you know with her encouragement and and i did reach out i talked to her uh via the phone um shortly after read the book and prior to publishing um my review of it the reviews on restoration remediation magazine also on my website thedojo.com but um you know honestly it it is one of the best books i've read um in recent years you know on personal professional development so you know if you caught some of the things she talked about you know um, not waiting around to be found she talked about seizing the opportunity and so i've I've spoken to a lot of people about how um, life is about opportunity not convenience and so i can remember early on in my career one of the guys i understood that paperwork was the way that you get yourself You know, you make the job of your boss easier, right? And that's a way to uh, make yourself valuable. And so paperwork was one of those things. And so I remember having a conversation with a a fellow employee early on. They're like, well, if they pay me more, I'll do more. And I remember thinking like, man, I don't think that's the right mindset to have. It's do more. And then they'd better pay you more because you're showing your value. And then if they don't, then you've got to decide whether you need to take you know your talents elsewhere, you know, and um, go somewhere that will value the additional work that you do. But it's not often in the working world, and and that's something we need to be aware of as managers and leaders, people in a position of leadership, is looking at people's giving people opportunities to increase their roles and responsibilities and um, show their value. Um, and if you, if you don't catch them, you'll lose them. One of the things, you know, like when you're engaging people of different generations or different backgrounds, different cultures, is understanding that um, the way they interpret things may be different than the way that you interpret things. And so finding ways to connect and communicate more clearly. Um, so that you don't miss out on good talent um, and have them leave. Um, I love the quote uh, that Rachel gave. It was, um, crisis can lead to opportunity, right? And then um, part of that was, you know, um, in the last uh, great recession, you know, in the last recession, um, in the last recession, finding talent you know when other um, industries were laying off and those kinds of things so um, she talks about self-limiting belief or thinking that we oh if I had this or if I had that or if I did this or that then I would be ready and not um, limiting ourselves with that so she the tips were be curious be hungry to learn Ask the tough questions and then have a vision. You know, if you're thinking about where you want to be, what does it take? What do you need to do? Get some people that can help you, you know, understand what you need to do to get to that next step. And then, you know, the stop doing is uh, stop procrastinating and then stop having a scarcity mindset, but embrace an abundance mindset. So I know we've had other guests that have talked about that as well. So, um, man, that's uh, uh, just I had a wonderful time talking to Rachel uh, and you can tell, you know, she's a, a go getter, you know, and just, um, you know, a nice blend of humility, but, um, you know, but not allowing that, not limiting yourself, you know, so I believe I can figure that out. Right. And then proving it and, uh, and, and aligning yourself with people that will give you opportunities, you know, and help you when you fail. So, um, I was interested Or interesting, I I wrote an article that I worked pretty hard on um, a while back on um, Ted McCarty. So it's probably not a name that you recognize, but um, he helped uh, bring Gibson guitars back from the brink of extinction um, long, long ago. And uh, as as they were coming out of coming out of World War One, so um, uh, you can find that on Medium. It's called. Uh, The keys to resurrecting a dying brand are much simpler than you think. But what's really interesting about Ted McCarty is, you know, um, when he got to Gibson, they had, they were losing something like $10,000 a day. And I I break that down in the article, what that is like in in modern times. But um, they had a really bad manager that was, um, you know, the workers really did not enjoy working with and was holding people back. And so by getting down on the floor, walking and talking with the people, um, he identified a diamond in the rough, you know, kind of like Rachel, somebody that he could partner with that really helped him understand the business and get things in order. And they formed a lifelong partnership that they took to two other guitar manufacturing companies. And so, um, you know, but just, you know, the article talks about, you know, ways that just simple ways that getting down in with the people the process the production and the progress you know the four p's we talk about the blueprint for success from the dojo.com but um anyways uh i think that ties the article ties into what we've been talking about with rachel and then also what we'll be talking about in the next episode the pro versus joe episode four the podcast within the podcast with uh brian you know just um kind of building on some of the other conversations we've been about transparency, treating your people well, treating your partners and your subcontractors well and how that leads to long-term success. So, thank you for listening to the diojo podcast.com diojo podcast. This is the stupidest thing i've ever heard.